Hello and welcome to this evidence-based nursing podcast. I'm Kerry Gaskin, I'm an Associate Professor of Nursing at the University of Worcester in England and I'm also an Associate Editor of Evidence-Based Nursing. And it's my great pleasure to welcome Vittoria Sorichen and Emma Russell, who both work at Chesterfield Royal Hospital NHS Trust. And today we'll be discussing a study titled Alertness During Working Hours Among Eight-Hour Rotating Shift Nurses, an observational study by Min, Hong and Sun in 2021. And you can find more details about the original study on the description of this podcast. So welcome, Victoria and Emma. And would you begin by introducing yourselves and your current role to our listeners? Hello and thank you for having us. Uh, I'm Victoria. I'm a trainee advanced clinical practitioner working at Chesterfield Royal, as Kerry said, and my clinical background is in emergency medicine. I'm in my second year of training and this is Emma. Hi everyone. So uh, thanks again for having us. I'm also a trainee advanced clinical practitioner, um, currently working in acute frailty at Chesterfield Royal. Lovely. Thanks both of you. Okay, so um, Victoria, I think we're going to start with you. And the first question I have for you then is, could you give us some background to the issue that was outlined in the study related to alertness during working hours among eight-hour rotating shift nurses? Yes. In general, most nurses and healthcare practitioners, as we know, work in shifts because they have to deliver 24 hours patient care globally. Within the study, of course, this was based in South Korea, uh, they actually demonstrated over 80% of uh, healthcare practitioners slash nurses there work eight-hour rapid rotating shifts using a specific system, which includes night shift. And uh, within the years, there's been an increased evidence suggesting that shift pattern generated fatigue in nurses can impair their ability to offer high quality care to patients. Therefore, the need for a study like this. Nevertheless, as nurses, we have a background as nurses ourselves and healthcare practitioners in general, we have to guarantee 24-hour care uh, in order to comply with um, the needs of the patient. And to do that, we have to do shift working. Specifically, the literature has already demonstrated that rotating shifts are more likely to cause a decreased alertness and increased tiredness effect on healthcare practitioner due to the fact that there's a continuous change in their sleep patterns. So the decline in alertness, according to James et al. in 2020, shows that sleep deprivation is equivalent to the effect of a blood alcohol concentration of 0.05 to 0.1%. So to put that into perspective, the blood alcohol concentration in the United Kingdom, specifically England, is 0.08%. Anything above that, you would be guilty of driving while under the effect of alcohol. The researchers did an analysis of literature and they looked at different studies, specifically focusing on a study of Danish nurses, indicated that nurses working rotating shifts reported more sleepiness, poorer speed, and concentration during night shifts. And night shift nurses also had a higher error rate compared to day shift nurses. Therefore, the findings of the background literature are all consistent with studies addressing eight-hour shift systems. And that's basically a little bit of uh, the background story that uh, then uh, made researchers investigate alertness farther. 
Thanks. Thanks, Victoria. So, Emma, what did the researchers investigate in this study? Uh, So past studies have examined the effect of shift work on nurses' performance, but so far there's been little focus on the actual decline in alertness levels during working hours, which then can go on to cause substantial errors and patient safety issues. So in this study, uh, they aim to identify patterns of decline in the alertness of nurses working rotating shifts. Um, So they used a wrist actigraph to assess sleep-wake parameters and estimate alertness Actigraphy has been widely used um, to capture objective sleep parameters in clinical settings um, and actually is it has a really high accuracy compared to the current gold standard, which is polysomnography. It's non-invasive wristwatch type device um, that measures movement and captures sleep and wake patterns via an algorithm. So that was what the researchers used specifically to investigate this decline in alertness. OK, thank you. Victoria, what conclusions were made by the authors of the original paper? Across all shift types, there were variation in the alertness change patterns. Specifically, alertness scores below 70 or 80 showed that there was a substantial reduction in the alertness levels. The component portions of all the outline reports were determined to be statistically significant with a p-value of way less than 0.001. And overall, substantially, lower alertness during day and evening shifts were demonstrated. And what's even more interesting is that during the night, alertness was gradually reducing for each hour that the nurses were working, basically. While alertness during the evening at the same time was reducing once the overtime started every hour. And during a day shift, the alertness started picking up after about five hours into the shift and getting better for every hour working from that point onwards. So overall, it did uh, have statistically significant elements where they demonstrated that there are patterns in which alertness tends to decline. And of course, alertness is demonstrated to be worse in night shifts when compared to the other shifts type. Thank you. Emma, do you agree with their conclusions? Yes, I think especially given that myself and Victoria are nurses by background, I think we can see from our own experience that the study serves to emphasise an issue that's already being recognised. And I think we can see that as well from the surrounding literature, that there are obvious and identifiable patterns of reduction in alertness when healthcare professionals work rotating shifts. And night shifts specifically substantially contribute to decreased alertness and potential for major errors. What's interesting is nearly a fifth of the worldwide workforce currently uses shifts and 40% of those work in Europe. So numerous studies have looked at negative impacts of shift working on employees' health and well-being, sleep disturbances and exhaustion due to potential disruption of sort of natural circadian sleep cycles can really compromise cognitive performance and, again, raise that likelihood of mistakes at work. The COVID pandemic has also compounded an already deteriorating situation with established extended duration working shifts and hours linked to an increased risk of major negative outcomes and attentional deficits in staff. So back over to Victoria. What are the implications for practice of these findings? Overall, organisational measures are needed to implement alertness. 
they're necessary not only to safeguard patient care, but also to maintain self-well-being. Healthcare organizations have to implement effective techniques to promote staff alertness and also sleep wellness. This includes optimizing the rest-to-work ratio, for example, or strictly adhering to rostered start and times to minimize the impact on the rest breaks that each healthcare worker might have, and possibly implementing or looking around paid regular nap breaks during the night shift, as well as potentially prioritizing certain tasks as the start of the shift where possible due to the nature of the environment and the results of the study itself. And as I was saying, there are other options that can be taken as well, which would require further investigation into perhaps on a social and political level, such as a decreased ratio of patients per nurse, better pay versus lower hours per week. There's quite a lot of research going on in a shorter week working at the moment. And also perhaps looking back into earlier retirement, reducing amount of healthcare workers that are over 55 working night duties. And these are just some of the observations that we've made. You've thought of lots of uh, interesting implications there for practice. Thank you, Victoria. Emma, would you be able to give us some ideas about further research that you think might be needed in this area? Yes, yeah, so we've identified future research is needed to determine whether any patient safety threatening performance mistakes can be predicted by a lower alertness level. Also, the authors in this study didn't take into account factors relating to any physical or psychological problems that the healthcare professionals might have. So, for example, any anxiety, depression or, you know, any sleep disorders which they could have had, which might have had an impact on the study's findings. So it's advised that any future research should incorporate nurses' health-related data in addition to any other socio-demographic and occupational characteristics. Thank you. So final question for me then. If the listeners take away one thing from this podcast, what do you think it should be? In many countries, healthcare workers make up the single largest proportion of shift workers. And this is to facilitate the provision of 24-hour emergency healthcare services and hospital care for the critically unwell. Shift work does compromise the sleep wellness and the health in general of healthcare workers. And in irregular work hours outside of the traditional diurnal work times needs to be adopted, but does have an impact. The COVID pandemic, as Emma said before, has compounded an already deteriorating situation because of the extended duration work shift linked to the increased risk of major negative outcome and attentional deficit. So I think that the public should insist that policymakers take into consideration the effect of shift working on the mental and physical well-being of healthcare workers, whether this is reflected in reduced hours, better play, or uh, implementation of recruitment or early retirement is for a collective focus group to decide based on further and already present relevant research. Thank you, Victoria and Emma. Thanks for your explanation of the study and your thoughts about it. And you've certainly thought about some implications for practice and also given the listeners something to take away from the podcast. So thanks very much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much. Thank you to Victoria and Emma. And thank you to those of you that are listening to the podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform, including Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts and Spotify. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and a review on the Evidence-Based Nursing podcast page on iTunes. You can find a link to it in the description of this podcast and that helps more people to find us. Thank you and see you soon.